are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good show for you today. We are going to go over last night's episode, some of the things that happened in it. We're going to go over the COVID situation. We're going to talk a little bit about the future of the show for this season, not future of the show in general. Just the future of the show uh, this season and what certain things uh, are meaning. Um, some email issues that I'm having right now. And we're going to talk a little bit about the fact that the Traders reunion show, excuse me, Traders reunion show dropped this morning. I totally forgot about that. We'll get to that momentarily. As you know, this podcast is brought to you by Green Chef. Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. They offer a range of recipes to suit your preferences. Go to greenchef.com slash realitysteve60 and use code realitysteve60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash realitysteve60. Use code realitysteve60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. First thing I want to get to is something that a few of you realized yesterday and you notified me mostly on Instagram or Twitter, and that is the fact that if you emailed me yesterday at steve at realitysteve.com, it was getting returned as undeliverable. And I haven't experienced that in a while. The bottom line is I don't understand any of that stuff. I had my web guy take care of that. Something got reset within the system because I'm allowed to send emails out from Steve at realityseve.com, but getting a re- getting receiving any emails? No. There was like two that got through yesterday, and I knew something was up when I only got two emails. Hell, I knew something was up at 6.30 in the morning because every time my podcast gets published, I get an email at 6.30 Central Time from Simplecast, who does my podcast, saying your daily roundup has been published. Well, when I didn't get that at 6.30, I knew something was up. Didn't do it for the Sports Daily, and then I got like two emails all day that went through. So that came to me. So the bottom line is, apparently everything has been reset. We should be good to go, but it takes possibly 24 to 48 hours for, I guess, all the servers to recognize that my DNS has been... I don't know. I don't know the language. I don't understand it. But that doesn't help with the fact that I need some emails today for reader emails. So if you are interested in being in the reader emails column tomorrow, first, because by the time you're listening to this, maybe it has been fixed. But all day yesterday, no, it was broken, and I could not receive any emails. And if you tried to email me, it says your email my email address like didn't even exist. So hopefully it's fixed by now. If not first try me there because obviously I want to use that email address, but if it it gets returned to you, then just hit me up on either of my socials on Twitter, DM me at reality, Steve or Instagram. And I'll just have to cut and paste out of there for this week. But I really, really hope obviously that I'm not dealing with a major email address issue to where I can't receive emails for God knows how long, because this has been my email address ever since I started realitysteve.com. I can't change it. I don't or I don't want to change it to realitysteve at gmail.com or something like that. Just because this is what everybody knows my email address to be. You can reach me there. You've been able to reach me at that address for the last God knows how many years. I don't even know how long I've had it. Probably since early 2000s. So I really don't want to have to change it. 
but I don't know why things got reset. I got on the phone with somebody in tech support for Yahoo. You can imagine how that went. And it was just so anyway, it was frustrating yesterday, to say the least. I'm still frustrated because, you know, someone sees that their email got delivered, you know, sent back to them. They're like, oh, maybe the email doesn't exist anymore or whatever the case may be. And they're not happening to listening. They don't happen to listen to today's podcast. They maybe just think that something's, you know, I'm going to have to keep repeating it to people that it's, you know, hopefully it works. So um, for the time being, if you have an email that you want to be in reader emails tomorrow, first try me at steve at realitysteve.com. If it does get sent back to you, just hit me up on the socials, either one, and I will just cut and paste from there. I've already done it for a couple that are going to be in tomorrow's column. So that's the deal. I don't know what happened. I can't even begin to explain what happened in technical terms. I just know the phrases MX and DNS have been used. That's all I know. And speaking with a technician for Yahoo, it was like I might as well just taken a hammer and banged my head with it 500 times because I was getting nowhere. And I didn't understand what they were trying to tell me because I don't understand the technical terms when it comes to this stuff. So hopefully it'll be fixed and we can just move on. And this is just a, a small inconvenience for a day or two. So when I had given the updated spoilers back on February 6th, the two biggest ones were that I had found out that Zach got COVID in London, which was a couple weeks before the London episode. And then the, uh, the ending spoiler about, Zach being engaged to Katie. And then within a day or two of that, I had also, and maybe I even said it on that particular one. Yeah, I think I did. But you've known for the last couple of weeks, I've been saying, hey, there's a girl this season that got COVID. I just don't know who it is. And yesterday on the Daily Roundup, process of elimination made it obvious it was Greer just because the previews gave it away. Because we knew that Charity and Ariel had the one-on-ones and a picture of Zach walking with the women to the witchcraft lady. He was only with six women and none of them were Greer. So it was obvious that that was Greer and they kind of gave it away in the previews, but obviously it was confirmed last night when Jesse was sitting with Zach and told him Greer, you know, not symptomatic, but she's quarantining. So, and we saw in the previews for next week that Greer didn't have to leave the show and she got to come back on. So now it begs the question, which I'm sure we're not going to get an answer to why when Logan got COVID last season, we never saw him again. Greer gets COVID and she's allowed back on the show after quarantining. So why didn't Logan get to quarantine? Maybe someone will bring it up. Maybe Logan will take to his Instagram account and tell it in his stories. Maybe Logan had symptoms. They did say last night that Greer was asymptomatic. She just tested positive. So it's very possible they were just like, hey, we just waited out, let her back on. She didn't have any symptoms. Maybe Logan did. I can't remember if they even addressed that at Logan when Logan got eliminated last season with Rachel and Gabby. I don't think they did. They just said Logan's got COVID. So, yeah, that's what happened with Greer. Um, so is that like, is this going to the equivalent of me so me telling you a woman had COVID this year, but I didn't know who it was, is that like getting the math problem right on your test, but not showing your work so your teacher doesn't give you the full credit? 
technically the answer was right. I was right. A woman had COVID. I just didn't know who. That would be like not showing your work, right? Or is that a horrible analogy? I don't know. But I'm sure somebody out there will criticize me for not knowing. And well, I'll be told I know nothing and I didn't give any spoilers this season. And oh, yeah, we knew that. No, you didn't. You realize, you realize that London happened. Just remember this. When they went to London, that was the beginning or second week of October. From the second week of October till February 6th, anybody in the world, in 330 million people in the United States, could have told you, hey, on The Bachelor this season, the lead, Zach, got COVID in London. Nobody did. <laughs> like, I don't, know, I don't know how much more I can tell you people that it just seems to go in one ear and out the other, or you have really short-term memory when it comes to the amount of things that you knew about this season before it happened. Like... I, I mean, I have a list. I'm not going to post it, but I've got a list. And from October to February 6th, when I said and came out with a spoiler, nobody else posted that Zach had COVID. And anybody could have, right? It's knowledge to people out there. People knew. Apparently nobody with an Instagram account or a blog outside of me did, though. So it's just, it's just, to me, it's just comical. It's comical that every season I get told I know nothing and I get my spoilers somewhere else. Really? Where'd I get that? Where'd I get Zach's with Katie? Where'd I get one of the women has COVID? I mean, I, the list is like 35 things long if, if you really want to get into it, but I won't. I'll just point that out because I know it's coming inevitably. Now, the Women Tell All, like I said in yesterday's Daily Roundup, the Women Tell All was taped this past Friday. Don't have a lot of details yet. I gave you the women that were there, 16. Oh, yeah, you can add that to the list. Um, I gave you the women that were there, the 16 that were there, but I hadn't really heard anything yet. I, I know that Christina is going to be a big topic, and I also know that Anastasia is going to be a big topic because of the social media stuff and something that I had heard all season long that somebody called her out for. So I will get some more details on that, hopefully. But the bottom line is the Women Tell All did not have the Bachelorette taping, uh, uh, you know, the Bachelorette announcement on it. And I don't really know why it would have because I go over this in today's column and I'll, and I'll talk about it here real quickly. The Bachelorette is either announced on Kimmel, Good Morning America, or After the Final Rose. I don't think they've ever announced the Bachelorette at the Women Tell All taping, so I don't know why I've been. I was getting emails until yesterday when my email went down. Why people were asking, did the Bachelorette get announced on Friday? It's never gotten announced on Women Tell All. Why did people think it was going to? Claire got announced on GMA, but that was because they did her early. She was announced while a season was still airing, and. What was the other one? Um, Rachel and Gabby, they were announced on the After the Final Rose. Katie and Michelle were announced on Matt's After the Final Rose. Hannah was announced on the After the Final Rose. Becca on After the Final Rose. Rachel was announced on Kimmel, if I'm not mistaken. There is a clip of Jimmy Kimmel introducing the next Bachelorette, and it was Rachel. Caitlin and Britt, they were on the After the Final Rose. Andy was on After the Final Rose. Dez. So that's 10 seasons right there, and... That's the last 10 Bachelorettes. None of them were on Women Tell All. So 
that's why there was no announcement. Not to mention, if they would have announced the at the Women Tell All this past Friday, the new Bachelorette, there's still nine women left on the show. Would have really given away, well, this person doesn't win, and they usually don't do that unless it's like a Claire or Rachel situation. And not even Claire, because Claire wasn't on the season that was airing. Rachel was still on Nick's season and two episodes away before she got eliminated when they announced her as the Bachelorette. Some people were upset at it. Some people liked it because it's like, okay, we're putting Rachel out there early because we want a cast for her. And she hadn't been eliminated yet. They were still, I believe, at the episode before Hometowns when Rachel was announced. So that's where we're at with Women Tell All. I hope to get more details for you soon. But definitely Anastasia and Christina take a lot of heat at the Women Tell All. All right, let's get to talking about the episode. As you know, in the very beginning, Greer is asymptomatic, but she's basically sat this one out. We know she returns Next episode, and as I mentioned in the beginning, well, we're never going to get an answer to this, so I might as well not even bother talking about it. Zach's date with Charity, this is one that was actually spoiled in real time. We knew at the day that this date took place that he was on a horse carriage ride with her. What we didn't see was this reverse 69 race that he got involved in where he literally holds her upside down in the 69 position, but facing his back. So instead of his front facing, she's in the back position. I don't know who thought of this. Crazy Estonians. But this looks like a horrible idea. I don't understand how Zach running around with Charity's face in his ass, jumping and running, how that was possibly comfortable for her. I don't get it. I really don't. But the biggest thing about this was before Charity went on the date, Kat stole Zach away for a bit, and we kind of knew this was coming based on the previews. However, I didn't, I thought it was going to be like a full hot steamy makeout session. If you looked at it, she kissed him a few times, and yes, it was before Charity's date, and I get that this thing seems to be, Charity just keeps getting screwed over by people taking her moment. Wasn't smart of Cat to do. However, I think, and it's pretty known now, I think Brooklyn is a producer puppet because she's the one that's constantly bringing it up. Do I think Cat was in the wrong? Yes. Do I think Brooklyn overreacted to it? Yes. I really do. But I think I don't think Cat should have done it. And when Cat was talking to was it Ariel? Yeah. When Kat was talking to Ariel about it, Kat's argument was, look, we didn't see him at all last week, or I didn't see him at all last week because of COVID. You know, do you really think I would have done this if I had seen him last week? And Ariel's response is, but, but you did do it. So we have to form an opinion based on what you did do. So while I don't think Kat should have done that, does it make Kat the worst person in the world and a huge villain? No. Do I think Brooklyn overreacted? Yes. And even more so later on in the episode. They set up Jess big time. It was all about her getting a one-on-one. The group date was a bunch of nonsense with witchcraft and whatnot. 
He see the only people we see him talk to at the after party are Katie and Gabby. No surprise there. And then Jess. And here's another thing with Jess and Zach's relationship and this conversation that seems to have once again, people divided and polarizing. Who are you citing team Jess or team Zach on this? Once again, I'm just like, whatever. I don't think this was that big of a deal either. And here's why. If Zach wanted Jess to be the final girl that he gets engaged to in the end, I don't care what she said in that conversation. He would have made sure that she felt good and she was kept around. Jess wasn't lasting. Period. End of story. So if you're going to criticize Zach for getting rid of Jess, then you have to criticize every other time he got rid of somebody earlier this season where he was clear that just wasn't feeling it with somebody. Brianna, Bailey. It's the same thing. He wasn't feeling it with Jess at all. Now you can say, well, he told her he was, and then Jess kept Jess kept harping about her one-on-one, and Zach took it back. Where Zach is wrong is the fact that Zach's talking about, hey, it doesn't have to be this one-on-one, but we all know how important one-on-ones are on this show. If you don't get a one-on-one until the episode before Hometowns, chances are you're not getting a Hometown. Katie got hers. Second one of the season, and he asked to spend the night. Gabby got hers in London. Here's Jess, six episodes in, still not receiving a one-on-one. I think Jess saw the writing on the wall. She knew, well, I'm screwed. And she basically said that to him. Like, look, I know how important one-on-ones are. And Zach's like, no, they're not that important. You can tell me all about yourself not on a one-on-one. But let's be honest. Does that really ever happen? No, you have way more time on a one-on-one to open up, be vulnerable, tell them about your past, whatever Jess' passes may have been, but she's only 23 years old. I don't know what's in her past. But, again, I didn't think it was a huge diss on his part because it was basically just he wasn't feeling Jess. Maybe Jess would have gotten through this week, but Jess wasn't getting a hometown. She wasn't. So I can't be all that mad at Zach or be like, oh my God, he totally mistreated her when she would have only lasted one more episode anyway. And Jess, I think, makes valid points in that, yes, the one-on-ones are important. So for Zach to sit there and say, no, they're not, he knows. So again, could have been handled better, but everyone seems to have to take a side on everything. Team Zach, Team Jess, Oh my gosh, it's just like, it's really not that big of a deal. There have been way more drama on past seasons than this. It's like they're really fighting to give us some drama every episode, and it's stuff like this that is kind of irrelevant. Now, at the cocktail party, Brooklyn, well, Cat Charity wants to talk to Cat about what she did before Charity's one-on-one date, which totally understandable. Instead of gossiping around the house, go straight to her and say, Kat, let's talk. And Charity was going to tell her, look, I didn't really appreciate you kissing him or at least pulling him aside before my one-on-one date. Totally understandable. But Brooklyn walked in knowing that was totally told to her by producers, go do this. And that's where I have an issue because she didn't have to do that. And then, you know, she immediately walks in and says, would you have done this? And it's just like, okay. And and Kat had every right to walk out at that point because she knew that Brooklyn was there to just stir shit up. So, again, are we really that mad 
that Cat pulled him aside before he went on a one-on-one, which has been done numerous times in past seasons. It's happened before. Let's not pretend that it doesn't. She took him out in the hallway. She gave him a couple kisses. It wasn't a full makeout session. They weren't. They didn't go somewhere like to the lobby. They literally just stood out in the hallway and kissed a few times, and he came back in. I don't know. I guess I just, I don't know. I didn't really have a big problem with it. I don't think she should have done it, and she should have known the second she did, people were allowed to question her on it, and I don't think she defended herself well, but I don't think that makes someone a villain. I thought Brooklyn just overreacted to it. I don't think Brooklyn's a villain either, but you can tell Brooklyn's role on this show. She's the outspoken one that producers love to get riled up and say, hey, go in there and stir some shit up. It's clear as day. So ultimately, in the end, Greer ends up going home this episode. (laughs) That's Greer. Uh, what's her face? Jess went home because she was upset about the one-on-one. And then Allie doesn't get a rose at the rose ceremony. We're down to six women, but we know Greer rejoins them in Budapest next week for seven. And then we know that Brooklyn gets sent home on her one-on-one date next week. Greer gets sent home at some point during the episode and same with Kat. And we know who your final four are and we take it from there. So I will have more on realitysteve.com. That'll be up in a couple hours with my recap. Please rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. Very much appreciated. And we are back tomorrow with yet another Daily Roundup. So thank you all for listening. Till tomorrow, I'm Reality Steve, and I'll talk to you then. See you!